This is Sterling Gates. You're listening to The Flash Podcast. For all three of the CW's The Flash, starring Grand Cousin as Barry Allen, aka The Flash. I'm one of the hosts, Andy B, as always, and with me are my fabulous co hosts, Swar and Taddy. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing hey. all right. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it feels like that the same way for me, especially this week. Got too many things going on at once, but I am doing good as well. Good to talk with you both tonight. Likewise, uh, sadly, uh, Andrew couldn't join us, but I'm uh, hopefully he will be back next week. And um, there's not much going on in news other than that we've got our first. <laughs> and once again, I can't believe we've done it for the seventh week in a row now. There, there there's finally crossover footage, like like not filmed from paparazzi com- cameras, like from actual CW official footage. And um, y'all, I don't know. This 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 looked trippy. What do you? Uh, <laughs> trippy indeed. Yeah. Uh, that means the episode as a whole. No, uh, no, just those was... pieces, no, just pieces of footage. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would loved it. <laughs> I was actually like, I thought it was hilarious. First off, just because like Stephen and Candace have been having so much fun with it, um, that we like sort of knew that this was coming, and now it has come, and I am laughing. And especially because of that Photoshop. Did you guys see that Photoshop? Oh, it was horrible. It was. Ho- I mean, I'm look. I, what was his Photoshop? I didn't catch it. Stephen's oh head God. on Grant's body. Oh, the oh, the picture. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, it looks. It looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, but this yeah. is a CW trade actually, because if you go back and look at some of the small posters for the later seasons, need I remind you all that they for one season put. Erica Durant's head from like season four or five on Kristen Krug's body from like season six or something. Seriously? That's yes. ugly. It was That's ridiculous. Like I remember when I saw her on Krypton side, I'm like, this this must be a joke. This can't be real. And um Yeah, that's really funny. Sora, I uh, I know you've been really stressed out about this whole freaky Friday thing. Um did this make it any worse by any chance? Yeah, you know what? I've just accepted it at this point. And I've also <laughs> realized that a lot of the sort of stress I was conveying in previous episodes had a lot to do with my stress of the midterms, uh, the elections here in the U.S. But those have just passed. I'm very happy with the results of a blue wave. And yes. now, I, now I'm much less stressed out about other things. So 
you know what? Yeah, just like Tati said, it was pretty funny. And I guess I like how they're playing it as, yeah, that Freaky Friday situation where Barry and Oliver wake up in each other's bodies. So, yeah, hopefully it should be comedic and we'll all laugh a lot. I'm much less stressed out about it. I've accepted it for what it is. Uh, You know, I think it's really just Oliver being in the Flash costume that really irks me more than anything else. But, you know, this looks good. I'm uh, actually looking forward to this now. I still don't really get it. Okay, so Oliver wakes up, but he is referred to as Barry. Barry. Yeah, he's in Barry's life. And I guess that's that's the thing. Like, so there's schools of thought, right? Like, perhaps this is an AU world where Barry Allen looks like Oliver Queen, right? And Oliver is inside his own body, but in a world where he is Barry Allen. Or it's like he is in Barry's body and this is, quote unquote, our world. But when he, but he sees himself as Oliver Queen. Right. So that's why we're seeing like that horrible Photoshop <laughs> all over his face on Barry's body, because it is actually Barry. You know, he is Barry, but Oliver's inside. So he sees himself. That's that's. So yeah. in theory, if this is on our Earth, could it mean that maybe Iris and Felicity, like, they, like when we look through their eyes, it still looks like, you know, Kansas is looking at Grand Gustin and Emily Becker is looking at Stephen Miller for their eyes, like almost like maybe it's like a spell or something. Like they yes. can't. See. Okay. Like it. Like I think I would imagine that when Iris looks at Barry, she sees Grant Gustin, even though it is in our eyes and in you know, all in Oliver's eyes, he's seeing himself. The other thing, though, I don't know that Felicity is going to be there because I was really surprised when the Arrow promo. Well, the one the promo they showed during Arrow was Flash centric and had Oliver and Iris. But then the promo they showed during Flash was Arrow centric and it had Barry with Diggle instead. So I, mean, I don't. I mean, you know these crossovers. Interesting. Can res- you know these crossovers can resist some OTA moments. Like, I mean, you know it's going to happen in one way or another. Maybe, but then I remember um, Candace posted on like. Basically, Emily commented something on Candace's post and then Candace responded like, I was asking about you on set today. Like, I've been missing you. I asked about you on set today. And that was while they were filming the Flash portion of the crossover. So I don't know. And Emily had just like Candace had a vacation for a large portion of the crossover. So did Emily. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like, like I said, maybe last week or the week before that, that. The Arrow characters, you know, most of the Arrow characters will only show up in the Arrow portion of the crossover. The Super characters will show, mostly show up in the Super Bowl portion of the episode. And then the Flash characters will show up mostly in the Flash portion of the episode. And then, you know, some of the leads will go over here and there. Like, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I, you know we know that Steve and Grant and Melissa will be in all three parts. And mm-hmm. basically that's it. Um, but yeah, no, I... Yeah, they look weird. It, I mean, I mean, I think it's supposed to look weird. It, I, I, they look hilarious. Um, the Photoshop, I couldn't like. I literally the first time I watched, it, I hit pause and I'm like, "Who is responsible for this?" <laughs> like, I didn't even watch the through the whole thing. I had to stop and be like, "What is this?" Um, and we're getting so close now, y'all. We only a few weeks uh, away. Uh, and to our listeners, you should um, keep your ears, but mostly eyes, open for a little. I mean, because they they will be able to watch it. You know, um, a little announcement that we have about 
our podcast cross over, which is going to be, I mean, it's definitely going to happen. It's just we we're just working on some final details. Um, but it's it's going to be exciting. I've seen stuff and it looks pretty cool. Um, normally I pl- I plug you know our T Public store and she four and so on, but I'm going to say it until a little bit later because and I want to make just make this right at the top of the show. I was doing some math this this weekend, which unbelievably I'm I managed to math. Do yeah, I mean, <laughs> a dude with my IQ level should not be able to even know what one plus one is, which is totally mm-hmm. you know eleven hundred. Um, but I was doing some math and counting like how many episodes have we actually done, you know, for for our normal seasons, our season one, you know, season point five seasons, and we're getting close, very close. For two hundredth episode, and which definitely makes me feel old because I've been doing this since I was like in my early, you know, earlier twenties. In your earlier twenties, oh no! Yes, I <laughs> I found more gray hair strains uh, this uh, like last week. I I I cried. Um, I hate getting old. Uh, so this episode is our one hundred and ninety second episode. So. This is what because I we want to give you guys some more heads up this time, like unlike what we did with a hundred episode two years ago. If you've been listening to this podcast for no matter how long you listen to it, if it's been since the beginning or like in the beginning of this run or maybe this season one night, if this podcast is something you know something you have appreciated, something that you've loved, you know for no matter how long you listening to it and so on, and you want to show it to us, you you want us to know about it. Send some email to us that we can maybe read for our 200th episode. Like, what has the flashback has been to you? What has been some of the, your favorite moments, your highlights of the podcast? Uh, which parts have been the most excruciating parts when I've been babbling and rambling about my soapbox? Uh, boxes, more likely. Um, like, what has the flashback has meant to you for the past five seasons? If you want to be part of, you know, our 200th episode... Email theflashpocket at gmail.com with your thoughts, favorite moments, or what, what the podcast has meant to you and not, or what it's meant to you as a Flash fan, a viewer. Because, you know, we're we're getting there. The 200 episode that we will be doing will be sometime, I guess it will be in February or March, because we're not going to cover, like, a regular episode that week. Like, after the 12th episode of Season 5, which is our 199th episode... We're going to be doing a separate recording for the 200th episode, and then we're going to go back to our Season 5 coverage. So, if you have thoughts, you want, if you want to send some us uh, some love, until then, you know, and we're going to, we, we will remind you weekly about that this is coming up. Just email us at theflashbook.gmail.com, and, or tweet us if you want to, and we will we will definitely have a segment where, we, where it's all dedicated to you all. So, Aww. I, I did it pretty well, didn't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, with that said, let's get into the fifth episode of season five called All Dolled Up. So let's, you know, as as usual, just go with the first impressions. Tani, uh, kick us off. Well, I loved it. It was, um, I thought last last episode was my favorite episode of the season, and now this one is my favorite episode of the season, which is great. I love that we're getting improving as we go along. Um, I thought that, you know, the the villain was really exciting and interesting and really well performed. I loved how much um, space Iris got. And, you know, she went through the whole gamut of emotions that she reunited with Nora or not reunited, but, you know, resolved her issues with Nora. I loved the role that Cecile played. Like, I don't know. I thought that it was a really good use of everyone except for, of course, Jesse, who I hope is getting some rest and feeling better. 
Um, but, but I, um, but yeah, I really, I really thought that they like really pieced it together well, and I loved how they used the like backstory of the villain to connect thematically to Iris's story, which already was kind of connected to Caitlin's story because it's about family, right? It's about reconnecting with family, and. Of, and then I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that Cisco Ramon finally got a point of view. Who knew that it was possible for them to write him one? So I'm so glad that they actually took his pain seriously and that he received support from Caitlin, just like Iris received support from Barry, because those are the two characters that are always putting everyone else's needs first and like sort of like forgetting about themselves in order to do everything for everyone else. And usually they're the ones supporting people and not getting anything in return. So this was paying it forward. Thank you. Sora, what about you? I echo everything Tati just said. This was one of my favorite episodes of the season. It's definitely one of the all time best Iris West episodes. Really? She was the hero of this episode we got to go along with her on her journey. We got so many scenes, like most of the scenes I think in this episode were from her point of view. And it was about her interactions with Barry, with Nora, with others. And Candace knocked it out of the park per usual, but especially in this episode, even when she's not talking, just seeing the expressions on her face, she was able to sell Iris's internal monologue, internal conflict so incredibly well. I loved it. I love Candace Patton. She's amazing. She's such a she's ah, she's such an anchor of this show. And you know, I was just watching the credits. I you know at the beginning of the episode and it's showing first Grant and then Candace, which is something I hadn't really noticed before. But to see it in this episode, I was really happy about because you know it's it goes beyond them just being hey we're the Flash the two of us. It's really an episode about both Iris and Barry or a series about mm-hmm. Iris and Barry. Like you, we got to see the West Allen couple on full display, like driving this episode. We had Barry and Iris as a team figuring out this crime, leading it, it leading them to this party and them figuring out the mystery together. And again, at the end of the episode, it was Iris saving Barry without any superpowers, but really just her own intuition and her own uh, drive and daringness to save her family. I, yeah, I, I think the subplots were also good. Uh, You know, especially with Cisco getting to see him have his own internal struggle, you know, definitely a step up from last (laughs) week's episode when he was virtually absent. (laughs) And it was really great to see him and, uh, Caitlin, uh, you know, like talk again and t- and reflect on their own friendship and their own relationship. So, you know, while I would say this was a really good example of a filler episode, actually, it didn't have much to do with the main plot of the season of Cicada. It was really about developing characters. And I think it did it incredibly well. And I was very satisfied. But beyond anything, I was really happy for this very heavily centered iris west episode 100 percent. yeah for me like i'm look pe- people have heard me on the show before say how much i love sterling gates and you know whenever you give me a sterling gates episode i i mean I- i'll be there and i always expect you know some something amazing from him and also as well as his writing part of thomas pound who is 
very sweet. I met him at Comic Con, and I will say, if Thomas, if you're listening, I swear for a like a millisecond, I thought I was talking to like, I I thought it was Harley Sawyer in glasses, because man, they looks alike. Like I was not like like if it hadn't been for the glasses and the voice, I like I would have been fooled. Like, oh, that's totally Harley Sawyer that is hanging with the writers. Um, so they look a little bit like and so on. But again, very very nice dude as well as Sterling and so, oh, all of them are. And so yeah, and for me like this, again, these episodes are feeling a lot like season one once again, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know, and they in. Again, I I'm not gonna use the word filler because I again I think because of fandom, you know, they made it such a negative term. I'm I'm gonna say it was a good stand- standalone episode of the Flash. You know, we didn't deal with Cicada. You know, we just you know we had a you know a few mentions here and there and whatnot. But for me, it was you know it was a good it was a really good Flash story. It was like reading an, a regular issue of the Flash that could be taking a break from you know Blue Flash, for example, when you're focusing on something else, and there you go. So, I felt everyone had, you know, things to do in this episode, and, you know, even though, you know, I miss, of course I miss Joe West, but it, it makes me really happy to see that there's a place for Cecile on this show, because, you know, I love Daniel Nicola, she's yeah. a great actress, and you know, she was, she killed it, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the moment where she, like, she doesn't even say it, like, her face says it all. That all the stories she was telling exactly. about her, you know, Nora's daddy was actually about her mommy. And I'm like, man, I wish I, I first of all, I wish I'd gone with, with Iris in high school and like school at all because she, she just seems like the ultimate protector. Um, but secondly, I just, you know, again, Cecile has a place on this show and I'm, I'm really grateful that we not only have her, but we have her as a series regular. So, um, well, let's talk. You know, break into the episode more specific. Um, f- starting with the A story. Me and Ty were actually we're we're teaming up on this one, uh, like, <laughs> like, like Barry and Iris. So, Aww. what a dynamic duo we make. I'm not. I'm not buying you any beautiful red dresses, though. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't make those kind of money. No. Oh, that was. But will dress. you? Would you jump off a building to catch me as I fall? So, oh, so I'm Iris in this. In this relationship. Okay, I see how it is. Well, uh, you don't have the money. I'll buy you the red dress if you catch me when I fall off the building. I mean, I would look pr- really pretty in a red dress. <laughs> um, no, so we, we get introduced to um, a very, like, I wouldn't say, like, a minor Flash villain, but, like, he, like definitely not one of the, like, bigger ones, but, like, someone that has definitely been on my radar here and there. We get introduced oh, yeah. to Ragdoll, who I kind of wish this episode had aired during Halloween. Like, I oh, it would have been a perfect not. Halloween episode, yeah. But um, okay, I want to. So, what did you think of Ragdoll? You know, of um, uh, of Troy James's performance as this <laughs> very incredibly moving, and I don't mean like moving as an emotional, but moving as in like creepily physically. Yeah, he was creepy. Wait, didn't Phil Lamar voice him in this episode? Yes, Phil Lamar did the voice, and yes, Troy James did the body slash face. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, his voice was very creepy. Phil Lamar, legendary voice actor, actually voiced Samurai Jack, if anyone's ever watched that series. Uh, I've always loved uh, his voice in various uh, other series. He was great. I think that definitely he was a villain of the week, but that's what we're used to with The Flash. I think, you know, we didn't necessarily get that much depth from him, but... 
I guess we did through his mother in mm-hmm. her relaying uh, his story to Barry and Iris, which Tati, as you mentioned, could then be compared to Iris's situation. It gave her an opportunity to reflect on her own relationships with Nora and Francine, her mother. And I'm glad that finally, sorry, I'm going, getting a little sidetracked, but I'm glad that finally for the first time since season three, we, or two, uh, we finally have Iris, you know, reflecting on her relationship with her mother. Just, uh, thank kind, God. Yeah. Kind of two seasons a little late, but I guess better late than never, <laughs> mm-hmm. but back to Ragdoll. I love the, the effects they used. He was, you know, it was a nice balance of digital effects and, you know, the actor, you know, doing contortioning. It was, you know, when he first came out of the box, I was like, my eyes were glued to the screen. I was like, oh, this is scary. And I love scary things. I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, Andy, you're right. It definitely should have filmed. It should, should have uh, shown. Uh, or, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Broadcasted during Halloween. So, yeah, he was good. And I'm actually kind of glad that Ralph was the one to ultimately capture him. Uh, I guess wait, 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 like. Hold on, hold on. Taddy, hold my hand. What'd you say? Was that a compliment <laughs> I heard? <laughs> no, they're using. Listen, they're using Ralph well this season. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's not annoying. He, you can tell, he genuinely cares about people. Mm-hmm. He's not like the Ralph of season four is a completely different character from the Ralph we have this season. Totally. So, I'm very glad about that. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to pretend that during the party they had at the end of season four, when they brought. Uh, when uh, um, Cecile and Joe brought their daughter home, I'm just going to pretend that the other Ralph was snatched away, uh, thrown away in another dimension. That's that's obviously what happened. Uh, I can't think of any other explanation. They're completely different people. So, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. But the point being is that Swara likes Ralph now. Sora I don't say and I... Ralph is sitting in the tree. No, okay. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Ralph is very tolerable. That's what I'll say. Uh, but yeah, back to Ragdoll. Good, solid villain. Great effects. Not sure when we're ever going to see him again. Maybe he'll be our recurring Halloween villain. That could be yeah. cool. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um. I'm with I'm with you on that. Like I, I I thought it was really cool. Like I know Andy said that he was like on his radar, but Ragdoll has never been on my radar. I don't know I don't know anything about Ragdoll, um, and so I didn't have any expectations when we heard that that he had been cast and that he was going to be in this episode. And I thought they made a really memorable villain out of you know kind of like a like a like what could have easily been just another nothing uh, villain of the week. Like, not just because they connected thematically to Iris and, like, gave her kind of, like, her own little, like, personal revelations when she was thinking about the mother-son relationship between Peter Merkel and his mother, but also because he, you know, he overheard their conversation and was like, hmm, I'm gonna kidnap this dude, you know? Let me, let me bring, like, I don't know what it was that sparked that. Like, is it like he was getting back at moms, you know? Like, mm, she sounds like a bad mom. <laughs> I'm gonna make her feel pain by killing her husband. <laughs> I don't know. But I thought that, I thought that that was interesting that that was like part of his MO somehow. Um, 
And yeah, like obviously Troy James did a amazing job. Like I was, I don't think I've ever genuinely like felt like f- fear when watching, you know, like a flash villain. And this was like the first time that I was like, that's scary actually. Like when that lady's screaming, I'm like, yes, I believe that you should be screaming. <laughs> um, also, sorry about that lady and her fiance, that diamond necklace, that that's like impossibly expensive. How rich are these people? Is like everyone in the Flash universe insanely rich? Is that how Barry and Iris can afford their apartment? Well, I need these answers. I mean, about, how does this economy work? With that couple, exactly. I mean, with that specific couple, I mean, like, there's, there's, I, I mean, there's one prediction to... I could give, I, but I think people would get pissed with me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice this week. Oh, okay. Um, no, but I think that here's what I was gonna say. Like, I think that that makes it worth it to live in Central City. You know, like I've been wondering why do people stay in Central City when all this stuff goes down every week? And you're like, you know what? They're all freaking rich. Like, <laughs> they yes. obviously make the most possible money in Central City just for existing there. No, you know what it is? Amazon just opened a headquarters there. There you go. That's also, what it is. Also, I think a lot of people are good at, you know, collecting insurance checks because of all the damage that, you know, the air was Yeah, there leaves. you go. So the government is funding, yeah, the government is funding their, like, wacky lifestyles. So what are you going to do? Gonna I'm not going to leave then. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, I really enjoyed Ragdoll, um, and and like you, I also enjoyed that Ralph was the one to stop him while Iris saved Barry, and that we didn't have to, like, focus on it, you know? Like, it was just like, hey, it happened, it's cool, like, it's not a big deal now when someone, like, saves the day from the random villain. It's more interesting to see the dynamic shifting and, like, the character development at work. So I, like, I, I thought that it was really well, it was really well done and a good use of a good use of the character and of the plot. Um, also, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was like an extra scene. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. So I thought, okay, so you haven't seen it either, right? Haven't seen what? The extra, the extra scene? scene that was posted on the Twitter, on Flash's Twitter. I did not actually see this. Okay, so here's what I think we should do. When we get to the end of this discussion, I think that Swar and I should do a live reaction to this scene while Tad just, okay. you know, leans back and just enjoys us, like, just okay. nerding out. So. so then I won't say anything about it. Uh, so Andy can just talk about his reactions to Ragdoll, and then we'll move on to Iris. Yeah, so I thought, you know, one thing that we've said on the Flash podcast for years is that when they do their, you know, one-off villains, or kind of like what we think will be sometimes just, you know... Just a, a one-off because some, sometimes some of these minor villains they do come back, and we it's kind of been clear that we feel that they're mostly one-dimensional. They're, they're not, there's not really a lot of depth to it, and but I gotta say, Ragdoll stands out like not just because of his powers, not just because of the way that he would you know they performed him, but you know because they you know they drew a parallel parallel between Iris's issues as a mother, or not really issues but like quote unquote issues because I think Nora's being a little. Oversensitive, but but you know with Peter's mom, and so I so I appreciated that, and also I feel like it was just really impressive. Like some of these other you know one of villains that we've seen, sometimes they, you know they have powers that are just like you know oh yeah I mean cool I guess, but this was you know this was something different, something really creepy and whatnot, and, and you know this is someone I could literally believe could you know get a, you know you know one over Barry. Like, because, you know, he, had he known that he was in there, he, you know, he could have, you know, you know, ran off and, you know, avoided the whole thing, but he couldn't, so he got knocked in the head. 
And so, no, I thought it was, they did a really good job. I didn't really... The voice sounded familiar, but I felt like, oh, maybe I just heard Troy James before, but I just haven't realized that. And then people were like, oh, it was Phil Lamar. I'm like, bro, that is dope. Um, so, no, I thought he was really co- cool, and I hope I do hope we see him again. Like, cause, but the one thing I was... Okay, so they explained that his, he got his powers on the night of the Alignment. But they never made it seem like that his mask or anything that he was, like, using was his, like, meta-tech. This seemed to be a traditional meta-human that just got hit by dark matter. Well, I think he did mention that he had been in pain ever since, like, that it crushed his bones or whatever. So I'm thinking that he wears the mask because his face is crushed. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because I thought, like, yeah. is the power coming from the map? Because I thought the moment they take it off, if they take it off... He's gonna lose all his powers, but they didn't. So I'm guessing that he, because which is why I guess they sent him to Iron Heights. Uh, they said in the end right. episode. So um, yeah, I don't think it's connected to like because I know some of the metahumans this year are like the tech is the meta and not them, but I think he is he is the meta, and not his mask. Right, fair enough. No, but I find he they did a really good job with him, and I hope we see him again at some point. I agree. Yeah, same. All right, you're we know. Yeah. So, um, like, like I said, the, um, <laughs> the ragdoll himself led into the main storyline of the episode, which was the progress on the Iris and Nora front. We had Iris, who was still reeling from the revelation that she, you know, cut off um, Nora's powers in the future. And Nora, who now that it's out in the open, is acting out thinking she can disrespect her mom in front of everyone all the time. Um, and Barry, who just really wants everyone to get along and also really wants a date night. So um, this episode, we got to see Iris and Barry try to investigate Ragdoll, go try to go undercover at, <laughs> at a gala, and Nora and Cecile reminisce about old West family moments in order to make Nora realize her mom is a super cool girl. So... What did we think about this storyline? Swara? Well, I loved it. And I especially loved, in particular, Cecile during this episode. Especially the first scene she had. Where Nora was uh, trash-talking her mom. And Cecile immediately was, like, shutting that down. Saying, no, you respect your mother. You respect the Wests in this house. I loved that. I was like... Thank you. Like, Nora, I understand your anger and frustration, but you are talking to one of your fellow family members about your mother in, like, not even, like, a general complaining way, but, like, a really hurtful way, frankly, it felt like. And Cecile was having none of that. She just shut that down. And, you know, I could, like, I, I didn't get it at first that what Cecile was doing, but towards the end with that last story about a kid who lost his parents and uh, who was supposedly Barry going to console this kid. I was like, Oh, I see what she's doing. The only stories are about Iris. So yeah, I love Cecile during this episode. She, you can tell that she's a very well-practiced, well-versed mother who knows how to handle kids when they're having certain petulant episodes. Again, a lot of Nora's anger is is really justified but the way she's been expressing it has been yeah i think we'd all agree to 
large degree, uh, pretty petulant and not helpful. So I really love that. Thanks. (laughs) So I really love that. The West Allen dance, my West Allen heart completely fluttered during that. And yeah, this, it, it, it was a beautiful scene. It felt like something that, it, it was it was something we've never had in a flash episode. It was slow. It took its time. The scenery, the the cinematography, it was really lovingly romantic. It just gave Barry and Iris several moments, several minutes, really, to breathe and to talk with each other, just like a normal couple. You know, in this crazy situation they're in, but we still got that real beautiful, tender West Allen moment. And the other thing is finally it's about Barry consoling Iris rather than the other way around, because I think like almost every other episode in seasons four and a couple in season five, you have a scene where it's Iris consoling Barry about his man pain. So finally we're getting something in the reverse i mean we did last episode to some degree but even more so here it was like very very much focused on what iris was going through what her pain is and barry was like a hundred percent the support system for her so that was really refresh that was really refreshing uh yeah i really love this portion this main plot of the episode and I hope we get more and I hope we get more Iris reporting. I hope, you know, it's been an ongoing thing now at this point and uh, for only a couple of episodes. Miracles (laughs) Miracles are miracles. You know, this is what we want. We want Iris at the forefront reporting, uh, interviewing uh, people on the scene. And I think they're really committing to it. You know, like I shan't hold my breath, you know, knock on wood, it continues. But I'm really satisfied so far and looking forward to what's happening next. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was beautiful. I mean, I, you know, I mean, what else can I say? You know, I, as a West, West Island fan, I could not be happier with all the things that we got. And it was, you know, the thing that I, like I said, I said, is it past seasons too? And, and I haven't said, brought it up in a, in a, in a good while, but the what Barry and Iris have never felt like a typical CW couple like like i feel like this is like a real relationship you can see on like like more mature tv shows like on you know like on that networks and stuff like that and so on like this you know like it feels like like a like a very normal like you know besides the whole superhero thing and whatnot but like, it feels like very much like a normal relationship and, like if, if, if it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel so melodramatic like some of that relationships on these tv can can sometimes no offense but I'm just speaking my opinion. And and I think this episode is a good testament to that. You know, like, they finally got to have their first dance. I mean, you know what I was doing? I, ca- I kept holding on to my TV screen. I'm like, nobody move. Because if this moment gets interrupted, <laughs> I am going to throw... Wait, who's that in the corner? Is yeah. that is that Felicity? Is no. that... Oliver, are I they can't... coming to join in the dance? I, did, I, I, I stopped breathing and was just like... Nobody move, nobody move, nobody move. Nobody move. <laughs> and every time I saw a human being move, like my mother, like I actually accidentally heard my mom, like, you know, tr- you know putting in the keys and trying to open the door. I'm like, oh, no, oh, oh God, it's just my mom. Okay, good. And like, I was like, 
no one interrupt this moment because I didn't want this to just be like a 15 second scene. Like I wanted this to be at least like a good 30 or 45, at least one minute long. And just because, I mean, one, because I wanted a two for Jeff's and three for me, for more Jeff's. And so I'm glad we got that. I'm glad no one, nobody um, crashed that. Yeah. You know what? You know so what? So you were very you were very pleased by this turn of events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I and after that scene was over, I was covered in sweat. I'm like, oh lord, this TV. Oh my god. I'm I'm too committed to the TV show. The drama. That oh drama, and but no, I I'm glad that you know we got. I mean, I think for all the criticism out there of people saying that Iris, you know, the way her character doesn't fit into the overall theme of the show, whatever, so only this is what you, when you do this kind of writing, you can you can see how yeah. reported characters like Lois Lane or even or and Iris West can fit into these main plots. I mean, hey, I will say that even Cara, you know, Cara, the season on Super, they've done a fairly good job there too. Um, yep. But so you know, I feel like that's. This is this this episode, if anything, is a good testament to that. You know, yes, just because she's human, just because she is, you know, the, you know, the love interest and whatnot. And so on, doesn't doesn't mean that she doesn't have a way to fitting into the overall plot of this of the show. Like, I mean, hey, right now, Caitlin doesn't have any powers. You know, Shellac doesn't have any powers other than being an asshole. And uh, but yet, you know, they still fit into the story. So. Take it for what it is, and and I love, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I felt, I, I love the fact that you know again Barry got to be the supporters of them. I mean, here's the thing. I think when you read between the lines and the scenes of these past seasons, you know, of course he's always been there for, he's always been supportive of someone, but I think we've never seen, I mean, we have seen it, but not as often the dynamic, sh- you know, flip, where you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Iris helping Barry with his man pain, man pain, because you know. At least he's growing from and like unlike other male superheroes in the Arrowverse. Dun dun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who am I throwing shade at this time? I don't know. My t- my cup of tea is is finished. Um, but you know, but he got the beat of her because again, th- th- this is such a complicated situation of like how can we judge something that hasn't even happened yet. So right, I just right. I just loved all of that. I loved all that, and I look. I mean, so far the, the writers are keeping their promises of you know we're seeing more report. I mean, everything they you know they said that we you know expect this to happen in season five and so on. I mean, we're seeing that, and I think you know again it feels like watching season one again. You know, like I, we don't need like a big villain who's gonna like you know destroy the world, destroy the multiverse, and so on and so on. Like, like for for me, this is perfect. Like, it doesn't need to be too little. It doesn't need to be too much. Like, just is a perfect balance. So, yeah, and, I agree with that for this yeah. episode. Yeah, and definitely. Then, and in the end, you know, and I, I loved all the Cecile stories. Like, I like first of all, I love that Cecile say, "You listen to me, girl. You're in the you're in the West House. You ain't gonna talk about your mama like that." You know, like I like I, <laughs> I was ready to see. Like, I will whoop your ass if you say one bad word about it. You know, this is the how she grew up in. Don't think because Papa Joe is out of the house that you can just speak however you want. Because I was like, okay, Nora, you're okay. You, okay, just can you just stop? Because she just kept going on and on and on. She kept sipping her, you know, soda, whatever it was. So I'm like, oh my god, shut up. <laughs> so thank you, Cecile. Good and... thing that yes, Cecile, Cecile verbalized it for you. Mm-hmm. I would, but yeah, okay. I, but sorry, I'm just like on Nora, like 
we haven't really talked about the resolution of that arc, you know, Nora and Iris Mm -hmm. finally coming together at the end and Nora now having greater appreciation for her mother, especially after talking with Cecile, she's finally opening up and they have like this really beautiful exchange. Um, You know, when Mm -hmm. Iris says to her, look, Nora, I am not that person in the future. I am not going to say no. I want you to live your life and I want you to be part of mine. No secrets and lies, just us being who we are today. And Nora really opening up to that. Her uh, tears well up in her eyes and she's so relieved to hear her mom say this. And this is something that really struck me watching that scene. It almost felt as though the iris of the present and the iris of the future are really two completely different people. I'm wondering if there actually might be more of a mystery there besides uh, there being some sort of, uh, you know, we know that Barry goes missing, but there might be another sort of event that makes uh, Iris of the future really uh, scared of like Nora having her powers. But I'm, I'm, I'm seriously wondering, are they actually two completely different people? Like, is that the greater mystery here? And I, I don't know. I felt like there was more intrigue there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that there was more intrigue. And um, I guess I'll start with that before I launch into my feels for, for the whole plot. But I think that even if there wasn't a greater mystery, even if it really is just Barry disappeared and this is who Iris becomes without Barry, just like Barry became someone who won't shower or cut his hair without Iris. Um, I do think that they are two different people in the sense that when Nora goes back now, she's not going to go back to the future that she was at before. Her mother right. is no longer going to be that person because she's already met her mother in the past and now she knows everything about her mother, you know? So she goes back to the future and her mom's going to, it's going to be a different Iris. Uh, so, so I don't know that it's, it's interesting because they haven't really dealt with that aspect of it yet. Even though Barry is hinting at it when he says, just make a different choice. Um, but the other thing that they're not hinting at, like, cause like, not only are they not going into the reasons why Iris would do this, they're just saying, oh, she had to have a good reason. They're not even acknowledging that of course Iris would do this if she lost Barry. They're not even like bringing that up anymore. So I think that's really interesting. And I don't know if it's because, like, from a show perspective, they don't want to bring it up because they're not going to deal with it yet because it's not crisis time yet. You know what I mean? Or if it is part of the universe, like, the reason they're not bringing it up is because we're going to reveal something really big about the future, like you said, in a couple episodes. Right. So it's hard. It's hard to know which is which. But I, I'm still riding that train that Zari and Nora's future is the same future until the wheels fall off. Even though I know Legends is not involved, but we know from Zari that in the future, metahumans are banned, like outlawed, put in prisons, discriminated against, etc. You know, and it's like basically a police state. I mean, that could so have been, I, maybe that's the reason Iris did it because she somehow, maybe like by the time she has Dora and she begins to realize that she is going to have powers, maybe she started to see that, that the the wheels of motion has started, you know, yeah, turning for, exactly. these, for this new law. So. Because, yes, I assume that the reason Iris becomes the way she is, from what we've been told through Nora, is because of the loss of Barry and and partially because of this potential law against men and humans. So, but again, because it's episode... This is episode five, right? Yes, it was episode five. So, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that gets revealed much later in the season or maybe in the 100th episode or like or like because Barry literally says 
you can change that. You now know what you what you in the future will do. Just don't do it. Or when that when the older Iris, this is so complicated. When the older Iris, you know, gets to the point of make, having to make a decision, maybe she will have enough ground to stand on to be like, okay, this is why we need to do this, or here's here are reasons why we don't need to do it. Because I don't think Iris just one day wakes up and says, like, I'm just going to dampen my, my daughter's powers. Like, I don't think she, you know, that's just... Right. There's definitely something bigger at play, for sure. For sure. Because anyway. Um, um, yes. So, overall, my my feelings on, on that whole plot. Um, first, I love that Sterling and Thomas clearly had a list of West Allen fan grievances. And they're like, we're going to tackle these today. We're going to make this right. Because first... Um, the fact that Barry was supporting Iris to begin with. Yes, that's already, like, a huge one. But Iris and Barry finally getting to dance. Like, it has been five years. And, you know, we bring this up, like, every podcast, that they never have gotten a dance. They never, That their first dance, the potential for a first dance, and the wedding was interrupted. And outside of that, they've never gone to, like, a fancy place together and gotten to dance. And he got to dance with Felicity and sort of. And he danced with Patty. So it's like, come on. How are Barry and Iris not going to dance? So they finally did that. Thank baby juice. And they even put it in slow-mo so that you could be like, yes, look, it's happening. They are dancing. Okay. Make all the juice you need. Yes. Y'all said that it would never happen. And now it's happening. It's like they did it out of spite. And I love it. Um, Also, they had, um, they, they retconned, you know, thank you, Flashpoint. Now Iris has always wanted to be a journalist. She didn't just randomly decide to, to go with journalism because Barry said, take this class. Thank you, baby Jesus. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> um, and um, I should have actually made the list because there was so much more. But they, um, oh yeah. No, I'm just going to, whatever. Doesn't, there's, there's plenty more, but they'll come to me as I'm talking. So I really liked, um, I really liked that Barry wanted to make time for that date night, which I think was a good follow through from season four, you know, from Flash Time, which was another episode that Sterling wrote where they were talking about how they don't have time for themselves, right? So he actually, like, went out of his way to, like, for them to work together and then also to, like, actually spend that quality time even while they're chasing a villain. So I thought that was really sweet. And also, of course, it's, like, double duty because he's trying to get his mind off of... He's trying to get Iris's mind off of the Nora situation. And since he can't do anything else about it, he's, like, trying to make her feel better about it, which is really, really sweet. Um, oh yeah, and that leads me to the other thing that they did. Like, no one, like, people have complained before that, that there's no one to really back Iris up. Like, when Iris is disrespected, it just, people just let it slide. Um, like, Caitlin, when she was Killer Frost, would constantly do that. Um, or in relation to Killer Frost. And, like, Ralph, in the, in the Run Iris Run episode, when Ralph was like, oh, well, you're a coward, or whatever, and, like, Barry, not even Barry said anything to Ralph, they just, like, let it go. Wait, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sora, you may sigh. Uh. <laughs> there you go there you go and see there was warning there was warning for the for the audience so that they would know that the sigh was coming anyway um but this time around when nora was you know talking smack about iris cecile was like in this house we love and respect iris west allen and we will not tolerate any form of back talk so i really really appreciated that thank you cecile for that i don't even it's like funny because it's like i don't even know that Joe would have said that if Joe was there. Like, I'm sure that in this episode he would have because they wrote it that way. And clearly Cecile was like kind of filling in for Joe in a way. But like uh, before this episode, I wouldn't even know that Joe would defend Iris. 
if Nora I, said that. I think he would have felt, you know, shy to do it because I think like Barry, he is like we saw in the beginning of the season, he is very soft with Nora. So I don't. I think like like I think mm. like Iris and and Cecile are the kind of women and kind of parents. Uh, because Jenna has nothing to do with it, are the kind of parents that will, you know, they will be more outspoken. While the, you know, the other p- parent in the, the dynamic is more of the the more chill one, the more like, you know, maybe I need to, you know, hear the whole context to see what's going on. So before I make a remark, because maybe she has some context of why right. Iris is the way she is in the future. But so but yeah, yeah, yes. So um, so yeah, but it was really it was really nice, like a blend of seeing Iris actually doing her job, right? And she was actually um looking for leads mm-hmm. on Peter Merkel because because of her blog, because she's actually working towards a story on it, um, while also you know blending that nicely with the team flash side of things and that of course climaxed when <laughs> when she goes to rescue barry and dove oh off of a freaking building for him in uh, a stellar scene that i think like shocked everyone right i don't know i was expecting nora to come save him at that last second right and instead it was iris who ju- who jumped off and I-, I really love that because it shows just how like first off, how badass she is, right? How how reckless she can yep. be, but also how rational. Because like, who would like in that in their you know in that moment be able to process like, oh okay, I have to dive off this this building, catch up to Barry, undo the, his cuffs so that then he can save us. You know, like that woman had like her mind is so powerful. I don't know. I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. I would just mm-hmm. been like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I jumped on my bed when that happened. I'm like, first of all, season two callback, and secondly, yes. I mean, we're gonna talk about her and Ralph swinging through Central City like Spider Man, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. You know, from the special effects and all that, and so on. It was an amazing sequence. It really felt like reading a comic book, but it also, I mean, it came at a very difficult week because we you know we lost a legend in stanley and right um, you know so but you know and but again i mean it, it's you know, it kind of felt rewarding it, it, not rewarding but it felt it felt nice to just see you know just it was like it was a good homage to it, was, him. it yeah. felt like it was yeah. yeah right like it was an homage that i didn't didn't know i could get on the flash because you know i keep thinking oh it's dc you know can't even say marvel things but then you know again they mentioned so many marvel things in the past yeah. few seasons so like I'm we like... can see that they love but Sp- like the new writers love spider-man that is that we know i think oh, the whole Arrowverse writers room loves spider-man because you know the Legends writer seems to love spider-man because you know Jax was like when sign was mm-hmm. offering to get new power he's like what will become like spider-man he's like no not really but you know um right yeah no i thought that was amazing um yeah Oh, and other thing that was amazing, uh, which I now remembered my last, my, or not my last, but another point of like things that West Island fans have been waiting for, was that Barry complimented Iris and told her that she looked amazing, which has not happened since the very first episode of The Flash. Oh my God, are you serious? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So, and they know that we have been waiting for that because we have had several conversations with the writers about this. And some of them were like, yeah, but of course Iris looks amazing. He doesn't have to say it. And I was like, doesn't he though? doesn't he so <laughs> so it finally happened thank you guys i'll never say another bad word i've never said a bad word just kidding i've never said anything bad about sterling or thomas y'all are the bees knees um but yes the nora like cecile telling those stories about iris and filtering it like making it barry 
was such a great little twist, like such a like a minor thing, but it wasn't something I was expecting either. You know, I thought that was really sweet. Like I knew at some point I was like, she's got to tell a story about like the relationship between her parents, because I'm I keep expecting that Nora will understand how much her parents love each other. And like, that's why her mom is a crazy person in the future. But they aren't going that route yet. So instead, we got to see I like this concept of like, you know, who you are now. Um, or who you are, who you will be, or who you might be shouldn't affect who you are now, right? And that, like y'all have mentioned, Nora is angry at two at two different people right now. Because the iris of the future might never come to pass, precisely because Nora has come to the past. So she may as well try to get to know the iris of today. And I thought that was a really, really beautiful conclusion. And Sora already said all the, you know, all that great stuff about both their acting in in that scene. And and the way that it played out so nicely, like Barry just like watching the two women that he loves most, right? You know, finally loving each other, and and yeah, I just I don't know. I think it's I think it's I think it was a really really well done episode. And kudos to Candace. I just have to shout out like she's always been amazing. She's always been like elevating the material, but now like this season, the material is finally like trying to catch up to her, which of course makes her even better because like now she's actually getting nuance in the writing. So that she can play off. She has even more to play off of than she's ever had before. And I'm really grateful. And I think that, um, yeah, she's knocking out of the park. Here, here. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, like, uh, we also had a B plot. You know, we what? got the. Yeah, apparently something else. Ha- yeah, apparently something <laughs> else happened during this episode. <laughs> yeah, we had the rest of our characters uh, help our. One of our other leading ladies on the show, Caitlin, to find her ice daddy, as it were. Uh, yeah, you know, Cisco, Sherlock, and Ralph were helping Caitlin to find the clues of what her father had left behind. And we get some insight into how her mother may have been involved with her dad's disappearance or her dad's uh, running away, whatever. And, uh, you know, like I said, I said earlier, uh, we had some really good scenes of Cisco and Caitlin sort of rekindling their friendship, getting to, you know, have some heart to hearts. And Cisco, particularly uh, uh, because his hands were damaged in a previous episode, him overexerting and using his powers to the point of him just uh, uh, being knocked out and having his nose bleed. It was, I have to tell you guys, like this was like kind of disturbing for me to watch. I kept thinking to myself, Cisco, you got to take care of yourself. And I understand you loved your friend, but your friend would not want you to severely hurt yourself to help right now. I guess it, you know, it was good to, for Cisco to have a storyline for sure. I will say I felt it was a bit contrived. I felt as though Cisco would have enough sense of self-preservation to not put himself in that sort of situation. I don't know. Uh, Andy, what do you think of this uh, subplot with Cisco? See, you know, I I could in many ways. I mean, okay, so like a, a, year, a year ago or something like almost two years ago, I... I suddenly almost broke my arm and I had to have a cast on for like a certain amount of months. And I remember I was much like Cisco in that point where I felt like I could still do anything I needed to do regularly with both my hands. But, and you know, thinking that, you know, and putting myself through, you know, risk, you know, I would sometimes, you know, ride my bicycle with both, you know, with while having a cast, which, you know, I wasn't supposed to. And, 
you know, so in, this was so weird because I remember when I watched the episode the second time, I'm like, you know, I kind of behaved like that too a little bit when when that happened to me. So I actually, you know, from from Cisco's point of view, I could I totally understand why he did it because one, he wanted to hate Kalen because he doesn't want to feel like useless on the team. He wants to be able to do something now that he can't be vibe until you know at least for the time being. So again, it felt like. It was almost like seeing someone on withdrawal from, like, you know, you know something they've been using a lot. And this is, you know, Cisco's lesson of having to learn that maybe I need to step back a little bit until my hands are healed or whatnot. So, for, for, for me, it didn't feel contrived. It felt like, to me, because one thing that I've criti- sometimes criticized the Arabers for is the lack of stakes. And that this goes for all the four shows. And in this case, you know, him having almost been killed by, you know, Cicada and having his hands damaged severely and him, you know, struggling with that and not having, you know, being back to 100% good shape felt, it felt like, there, there, you know, there's stakes in this and that means that when he, you know, when he tries to overcommit himself, there'll be consequences to it. So I actually didn't think this was a bad move. This, I don't think that this was contrived at all. I felt that this was very realistic. Like, if... You know, if you had powers, and if you somehow get damaged, and your the way you use your powers is through your hands, and you can't use your hands properly anymore, you're not going to come to grip with it that quickly. So, I appreciate you know that psychological trauma through that. Is yeah, it my okay, turn I can to give my that. opinion on yes, it? Yes, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> okay, uh, in terms of the Cisco uh, plot. I sort of, I mean, I guess I'm like in between or maybe it's not in between. Maybe it's like a third thing. Because like while I I agree with Andy that for me it made sense, like I didn't think of it as contrived. Now that Sora has said that, I can see how it would be. But the way that I was coming from it or I was coming to it is that Cisco has always been someone who puts aside his own needs. Like when he would, like he has nothing, like he has no reason to stay on Earth 1, for example, when Cynthia wanted to come with, with her. He could have moved to Earth, whatever that was, Earth-19, um, because we don't – I mean, at least as far as I know, we don't see any of his life. His life is the team. His life is Barry and Caitlin, um, you know, and whatever version of Wells he's talking to at that time. So so <laughs> the idea that he would sacrifice, like that he would bring himself pain just to give Caitlin a little less pain seems like the – not the opposite of the antithesis, the epitome of what the epitome of what Cisco is in my eyes. Um, and so for so to see that and then to see Caitlin call it out and acknowledge his worth as Cisco and not just as vibe, because a lot of times like like um, Andy has said before, like they use him as like the Uber, right? The Arrowverse Uber um, for her to say, like, look at all the things that you did as Cisco. Uh, I thought was really beautiful and really like something that was really necessary for that him to really hear and for the audience yeah. to hear. So, so I can definitely see what you're coming from that. Like though they put him in a situation that was a little bit, you know, hashtag fake in order to get us to this very real conclusion. But since I loved the conclusion so much, I didn't even think about the con- the contrivance to get there. Hey, I guess that's... you know what this felt more like... real like. This oh, yeah. felt more real than than when Felicity was temporarily in a wheelchair. Oh God! <laughs> that is. True, Andy is feeling the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing for me is like, 
with this discussion right now about Cisco's storyline in this episode, it makes me realize that we haven't really had in a long while a plot that's purely for him. That's, I don't know, for his own benefit, like for our heroes to help him in this regard. And I think like we're getting that for Caitlin now this season, which is great, but who has already had a good arc in the past two years. Like she has really, like she, it's almost like she and Cisco has switched places temporarily. And I'm kind of okay with that because I'm sure Cisco will get his own arc later. But but the thing, but the thing, but the thing is I didn't really feel like Cisco's had a really good arc in a couple of seasons so far. I actually feel as though Caitlin since season three has had this like, you know, continuous arc. It's gone patchy and certainly gone very patchy in areas here and there, as we discussed in our episode with Lacey mm-hmm. earlier this summer. But she still had it. You know, that's really right. about her own self-discovery. And I don't think that we've really gotten that same sort of thing for Cisco. Like, I'm glad that we're getting more right now. I just, you know, I really care about this character and I just want to make sure he gets the best treatment possible. It's like this can't just be our, you know, Cisco self-realization arc of the season. I really hope that we get more and either later this season or next season, he has his own fully fleshed out arc. And I think it's a concern when I think for a lot of us in the Flash fandom have suspected, oh, it's Carlos Valdez going to leave the show. You know, like we've questioned this in several episodes simply because we felt as though he didn't have enough to do. So I retain these sort of concerns and I just really hope that Cisco is given a full length story arc that Carlos Valdez can fully work in that so like i'm still always going to have this concern to i i mean again i liked him in this episode but i really want more that that's just me personally i can understand that yeah see, see i'm not worried because one they for, for, for starters and this is maybe my, one of my few criticisms criticism for the flash this season is that they have too many characters they put themselves in this position but that doesn't mean that i love the i mean that doesn't mean i don't love the fact that we have all these characters because they're so so great i just think that because something that they taught helping revealed in the, uh, in an interview to the hollywood reporter is that apparently this season they're breaking the season into multiple arcs so apparently we may not actually yes. have that for the whole season mm-hmm. so that's, mm-hmm. the, that's why i'm so like because I had some, a one listener, thankfully we just one, who felt that I neglected Cisco when I was being quote unquote nonchalant in our last conversation two weeks ago. But for me, I was like, I'm not worried because we have a whole season. And the thing is, if they're going to do separate arcs, there will be things for him to do. They're not just going to have Cisco just stand in a scene and pay him and, and then just be done with that. Like, no, there will be... There will be other. There will be times for him to have more arcs. I don't think Carlos is leaving the show anytime soon. And again, I'm also just appreciative of the fact that Kayla is now getting a steady good arc. And the thing is, this scene with her and Cisco at the end of this episode was so good that I'm like, I'm grateful that it's almost like it is her storyline, but she has a great support system around her. So that's why I'm not totally. That's why I'm not gonna throw my arms up in the air if. Cisco is missing for an episode, or if he is not, you know, getting to be viable or not, because so far, like I said, I appreciate the fact there are stakes right now on 
on the on the Fage, which, like I said, for the whole Airbirds, it's been always a major problem. I agree. Yeah, you know, they need to balance out their characters much better. And I'm really glad to hear that news about the multiple arcs during this season. And, you, yeah. know, you know, like, I, I still retain these concerns. I appreciate that point of view, Andy, but I've seen it happen in other shows. And, you know, it's like, I want to, like, have full faith in the writers and the uh, production to retain all of the cast and make sure that they're treated well. I think it's just, like, I personally think it's uh, fair. I, I, I'm sorry, how do I put this? Like, I think it's uh, good to have concerns. It's better to be, you know, overprotective of these, like, actors we love so much. You know, that that's just how I feel personally. But... The you problem, know, I hope I hope to be before. more optimistic. I hope, to, yeah, it's happened before. That's the thing. Like, I just, you know, Legends, of, like, I've seen it on Legends, you know, plenty of times. Arrow, plenty yes, of times. Exactly. I mean, like, again, if anyone actually believes that Jax had a good storyline on his time on the show, you're fooling yourself. Delete your account and, you know, move to another Earth because you're, you're delusional if if you think that he had a good art. On Arrow, like, how mistreated was Laura for four seasons? You know, with, you know, she never really got an arc of her stuff either. She got free episodes becoming the black canary and then that was it so you know and then on supergirl let's not even start with supergirl so it's like again these shows have a tendency to sometimes neglect some of their characters because their cast are a little bit too big but sometimes there's been good payoffs like later in the season for all these shows when some of these other characters who didn't get so much so much spotlight in season you know xa but they may get it in season xb so you know we'll see we'll see we shall see Yes. But I mean, for now, I'm just glad that Cisco got support and that he got to voice his insecurities about about um, his powers and about Cicada. So I hope that 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 is going to be, you know, the beginning of treating his fears with more respect and with more seriousness, because the way that they handled um, the Cynthia breakup in the early episodes was a little bit more jokey and less, you know less weight it had less weight so i'm glad that this had weight totally but um not a note that i wrote up and we already mentioned most of them but the only one the one that we didn't mention was that um which is this has been the second time this week on dc that this 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 happened that uh, gotham city got mentioned again one yeah. time on arrow and now one time on the flash i mean gee i mean what could they be setting up y'all I, I mean, uh, just, who knows? I don't know. It's like it's a mystery, you know. It could be anything. It could be anything. I think it's probably it, it's probably going to be a crossover with that Pennyworth show. See, here's what I think. I think <laughs> Joe Chill's parents, and they're going to announce they're doing a spinoff show for Joe Chill's parents before you know before they gave birth. That makes to him, total before sense. He kills the that makes total sense. Yeah. Like how did how did how did they birth such a dumb person? Yes, I totally agree. One hundred percent. Um. Oh, okay, so I guess it's time for me and Suarez to watch that scene. So, um, Yes, watch the scene, watch the scene. I said in the Skype chat, so you all, you're getting our, to hear our live reactions while Taddy uh, will you know, right. probably be amused of how we react. I sit in silence. The okay. bonus scene. Are we going right. to queue this up together, Suarez, like at 3, 2, 1, and a uh, play? Yeah, uh, Hold let's on. do that. It's still loading up. This is great podcasting, you all. Um <laughs> Because I didn't know there was because I when they went okay. over I'm like there wasn't any post credit scenes so I'm have they done it before when they release like post credit scenes on YouTube? No um, idea. All right. Let's anyway, let's three, check it out. Two, one, play. 
Well, that was rude. But hey, like mm-hmm. keep the mask at least. Hmm. Ooh. Metamax. Hmm. What? Oh, that was freaky. Metamax. Okay, that's cool. All right. And, so, and who's this doesn't Martin? that tie in nicely? It's it's Mark Martin. Oh, Um, Liam McIntyre, Weather Wizard. And doesn't it tie in nicely with uh, the episode description that we just got today for Come All You Faithful 507? Yep. It it makes a lot of sense. That's when we're going to see Mark Martin's daughter that we did not know existed come in to kill her daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Family issues on this show. Yeah. Which makes me think that we'll see, that makes me think that we're going to see Ragdoll again. The fact that they used him for that. I mean, I know it was to reintroduce Mark Martin, of course, but I think that maybe, you know, Ragdoll will still be in the prison if the daughter comes to the prison. So. Interesting. I love there's so I love there's so much family focus this season. I mean, like, I mean, again, yes. I mean, just to speak briefly on what I thought about, uh, you know, the latest uh, update on uh, her, her father's, uh, father's mystery is that I am. I'm so excited to see like what's gonna come out of this because again, we're a tie like the Icicle come F. I mean I wanna see Icicle and Girlfrost duke it out, so I'm game. I'm stoked for this if this is happening. Um But yeah, like there's <laughs> I knew her mother was up to no good. Like I, I don't trust that woman <laughs> for like even point one percent. So but um, all right, with that, with that said, let's do some feedback. So, Tata, take it away. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I'll do emails then. Um, we have Frank Hogan. Hey, everybody. This is Frank. Hey, Frank. I was really feeling tonight's episode. Ragdoll looks great, but his story wasn't nearly as interesting as everything else that was going on. Iris saving Barry was the most badass thing she has done to date, and I'm, like, super proud of her, even though she's a fictional character. I feel that. She is a hero in her own right and deserves all the praise she's been given this episode. Oh, yeah, and the way Barry and Iris walked into the gala, Mr. and Mrs. Smith style, was great, too. While I'm loving the overall growth from everybody, we need more from Cisco. He either always has a handicap or is never allowed to grow or express his power to their fullest potential. Amen. I still maintain that Cisco is one of the most powerful metas alive. He needs a chance to show that. I think Andy agrees with me, too. And he does. Oh, yeah. Ralph's growth <laughs> Ralph's growth as a person, metahuman, and hero is great to see as well. Thanks, everyone. I like that. That was very sunny feedback, Frank, and I agree with everything you said. Lauren Waters. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I hope that if you were all able to, you voted last Tuesday. We did! Anyway, this was a solid episode. I felt more like a building blocks episode than a self-contained story. But with all the stories they have going this season, sometimes you need to, no pun intended, slow down to help build them up. It's nice to see the conflict between Nora and Iris finally begin to be resolved. And I'm curious to see where Caitlin's story with her dad goes, because it seems to be a focus of next week's episode. Have a great week and stay shway. Thank you, Lauren. We will. New Rachel. 
Dear Flash Podcast, so why is it that the creepiest villains are the ones with the most harmless sounding names, especially toy related ones? Just on DCTV, you've got Dollmaker, Toyman, and now Ragdoll, and you could even add the first trickster to the list in addition to any that I forgot about. I think it's because things aimed at children, when turned scary, are the scariest of all because children are supposed to be innocent. That's why. Okay. Anyway, despite the creepy villain, this was a great episode, and I feel like it balanced each of its plots with one another very well. It's good to see that Nora and Iris are starting to understand each other better with Cecile's help. Sherlock and Ralph and Cisco and Caitlin make a great team. And, of course, West Allen looked great together and were another excellent team. Can't ignore the best moment, which is, of course, Iris jumping off a building with absolutely no hesitation to save Barry. Wow. A true lady with gumption right there. Oh, Rachel. You shouldn't have. Love seeing her get the respect she deserves, especially from Nora. And also love the quiet moment with her and Nora and the scrapbook at the end. Question. Y'all better answer this. On a scale of Arrowverse dads from 1010 Joe West to 010 Malcolm Merlins, where do you think Caitlin's dad will sit? Go. So where are you going to start? Wait, what was the question? Sorry. Oh my God. Uh, on a scale of 10, which would be Joe West, oh, to zero, oh, okay, which is Malcolm Merlin, yeah, yeah. where is Caitlin's dad? I'll put him at two Joe West, or one Joe West, because dude left his daughter, you know? So how about zero Joe West, actually? <laughs> zero Joe West. Okay, how about you? How about you, Andy? How about a negative five Robert Queens because he's not Bruce Campbell? Okay, that, oh, that, was, wow. that was horrible. <laughs> and I think he is going to be probably a better parent than her mom, but she's probably, he's probably going to have some disgusting aspect to him. So I would say maybe a 2.5 Joe West, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to, like, if, zero, if we're doing it, like, zero is Malcolm Merlin and 10 is Joe West, then I'm probably going to put him at, like, I mean, like, he's probably where Jeremiah Danvers is. Where's Jeremiah Danvers? Like, is he like a three? That's where I'm going to put him. He is right now nowhere because we don't know where he is. Um... Well, ha, ha, ha. But that's what I mean. Like, he just disappears with no warning. He's like, oh, I'm going to go die now. I'm going to go fake my death now. Oh, actually, I'm alive, but talk to you never. That's that's how I feel about about Caitlyn's dad. If if it turns out that he's the reason she has these powers, which I think is going to turn out, I think he experimented on her and gave her the powers. Then he's going to be Malcolm Merlin. He's going to be zero. But we'll see. We'll see. Right now he's three. <clears throat> Moving on. Also, do you think Caitlyn's dad will be a metahuman or will he have some kind of metatech? In Greek mythology, Kione, name mentioned in this episode that he seemed to be obsessed with, was the daughter of Boreas, the god of the north wind and winter. Going along with that, and the title of next week's episode, I predict that either he will already have powers or he tried to give them to himself. What are your thoughts? I accidentally spoke ahead of you, and yes, my thoughts are that he tried to give himself and Caitlin powers, and this is what happened. Keep running, new Rachel. We love you, new Rachel. Thank you. All right. Next up is Danielle, probably not Panabaker, and I'm going to not read your entire email because it is a little long, but I love you and your email. So... I adored all the West Allen moments this episode. She says them all. They're wonderful. Um, excluding the fact that it can, that it feels like they continue to infantilize Nora. Come on, guys. She's supposed to be in her 20s. There are moments in this episode where she acts like she's a preteen. Yes. I love the development of Nora and Iris' relationship. I'm looking forward to seeing the relationship going forward. 
Ragdoll was a creep. I love him. Barry was cool, too. Him being so supportive and excited to see Iris back reporting and doing what she loves is great. Yes, I agree. Endlessly frustrated at the content Cisco is getting. I know I shouldn't complain. This is basically the first non-romantic storyline Cisco has gotten since Dante, and it's a shame that it's about nerfing him. That's that's not that's not a lie. You're right. They keep nerfing him. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be getting any content outside of helping Caitlin going forward. And while I do like their friendship and they're super cute and I appreciate the fact that it was Caitlin encouraging Cisco rather than the other way around, like always accurate. Speaking of Caitlin or Killer Frost, so she's like an accidental Greek goddess now or something. That's cool, I guess. I wish I was more interested, (laughs) but the more I think about it, the more I remember they spent two seasons on the Killer Frost Caitlin duality thing already. And none of that matters anymore because they keep soft rebooting since... They've been refusing to commit to a set of rules for her. It also reminds me of Cynthia Reynolds' introduction in the 80s JLA team, which is a little annoying because I love her so much and I was interested in this versus version of her. And they wasted her, and it seems like they're taking inspiration from her for Caitlyn, when Caitlyn Snow was a perfectly fine comic origin for Killer Frost that could have enabled them to keep Caitlyn good while also having a bad guy Killer Frost. Alas, I'm not going to complain. They, have, they finally have content for Caitlin that seems important enough to stick. And she's taking a more proactive role in her own story than she ever has. So I'll shut up and eat my food and hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, I'm with you. I hope this gets in in time. It did. Keep up the great work. Thanks. And I'm loving this lineup of hosts. Oh, we love you. Thank you. We love you too. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Swara, give us the tweets. All right, here the, here's the feedback you gave us on Twitter for the episode. And please do this virtually every single episode. We'll put out a tweet and you respond to it. So first from Holoblivic. Hol- yes. Uh, okay. I love this episode. I love the fact that this episode combined good layered storytelling with a cool villain, comic book villains, and most importantly, realistic dialogues and great acting. From at KP underscore Candace. Loved it. I'm so happy we get to see more of Iris fighting villains. And the WA scenes and the West Allen scenes were hands raised. Can we get some happy moments though? Question mark. Iris has been crying almost every episode. Yes, she has. Let Iris be happy. Um, from at RL Plate. Favorite episode of the season. Some beautiful moments between the hashtag West Allen family and hashtag Team Flash members. From at Kelly2457, that was amazing in all caps. My favorite episode of the season so far, and the episodes have been very strong this season. Iris getting a point of view, romance for Barry and Iris, Cisco getting a storyline, incredible changes this year. Fantastic episode and looking forward to the rest of season five. From at Kiniki, absolutely the best episode of the season. Hit all the right beats and found its pacing. I was starting to worry. From at Isaiah Stevens, best episode of the season. Every character was utilized perfectly. So yeah, those were all the tweets we got now, for this on, episode. On. We didn't miss one one tweet that I will read because you know she's a oh frequent. sure. Uh, at Alexis Wayrider says, my favorite episode. I just got to have a point of view about the North situation. We saw her fear of becoming like Francine. We get to see her investigate, Barry being supportive of her, and her in turn taking a little leap, uh, a little leap to save Barry. Barry's a uh, she's the literal definition of. Uh, ride or die. We get we got West Allen glammed up and going undercover to embassy and finally a dance which she never got on their wedding. I'm glad this is show Nora that she was projecting her negative emotions uh, onto Iris to West Allen and Nora Iris heart to hearts were powerful. The show reminded me of why Iris makes a great leader. It has nothing to do with how many science degrees one has. She was calm, collected, fast on her feet, smart, and was able to rapidly assess the situation. 
And those are all of our tweets and feedback. And it seems like a lot of people love this episode. And you know, we love we love when people are happy, and uh, with with the with the flash. I mean, with, you know, with any TV show in general, because that's you know, when we watch TV, we should be able to enjoy ourselves. Exactly, exactly. You watch it to have a good time. So I'm glad y'all are having a good time right now. But all right, let's do some quick plugs, and then we're gonna sign up. So Sora, go go ahead. You can find me on Twitter at Swarz Walker. That's S-W-A-R-Z-S-E-A-W-A-L-K-E-R. You can find my podcast, uh, other podcast, um, Beltway Banthas, the Star Wars and Politics podcast. Uh, you can check out some of my writing on the But Why Though podcast blog. And please check out hashtag SWRepMatters, which calls for more diversity and inclusion in the Star Wars universe behind the screens and in front. Patty? Sexy. I am Tatiana, and you can find me at Marcella's Ear on Twitter and Instagram. You can also uh, hear more things, read more things, see more things that I say if you go to withanaccent.com, flashpodcast.com, marvelreport.com, or thathashtagshow.com. And finally, uh, listen to our other podcast, Ladies with Gumption, where you can hear us talk about all the DCD shows and the ladies therein. Thank you. And just to save time, I will skip my my plugging. So just follow me at that. In fact, you can see all the things I do there. And <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm the one who always talks along. So I I'm just trying to save everyone some time. And you can visit theflashpodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trailer descriptions, as well as comic reviews from Tatiana and more about the Flash, along with the latest episode of the Flash podcast. We have the latest photos up from episode seven, along with the synopsis. So check it out when you can. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> follow the podcast on social media at the flash podcast on facebook twitter instagram and periscope yeah subscribe to the flash podcast on apple podcast at your radio and google play and while you're on Fla- apple podcast please give us five star reviews and five star ratings and write us some reviews this will be a huge boost for us uh you know for more people to discover the show if we have these high ratings you know, more people who enjoy The Flash or enjoy DC TV entertainment can discover us. You listeners have the power to make sure that others can listen to this awesome show. So please <laughs> do that. We'd really appreciate it. You can listen to The Flash Podcast live on the Mixed Radio Network on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix.fm. Follow the entire DC TV podcast network featuring epic podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, classic DC TV shows, Krypton, Titans, and the upcoming Batwoman show at DCTVpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTVpodcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Nailed it. And I've been told by Rebecca Johnson from Supergirl Radio that apparently they're making an announcement this week about the way they're going to plug DC podcasts from now on. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it is it is really cute when they're trying because, you know, I mean. Oh, man. Oh. No, no need to throw shade at our fellow podcast, Andy. So, uh, also, you should remember that DC TV podcast has its own T public store. So if you're interested in DC TV related merchandise, just click on our link in the show notes and it'll take you to the T public store where we've teamed up with various amazing artists. And if you buy some merchandise, that helps us uh, with our costs. So please consider doing that and you'll get some really awesome merch. And if you have any questions or thoughts about the flash, you can email us at the at gmail.com. And that will be it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with uh, the, the sixth episode next week 
what is all about the winter, I guess. Winter is coming. I can't do a British accent, so I can't go all Game of Thrones on y'all. So, but uh, until then, I'm Anna B. I'm Tatiana. I'm Swara. And we'll see you next time on the Black Podcast. Mm-hmm.